everybody, and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 23. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and we are only three weeks away from the start of the 2022 final series as I'm recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. The season has well and truly heated up. About a month or two ago on this podcast, I said the Penrith Panthers are well and truly the team to beat in this competition race, and they are miles ahead of the rest of the pack. But in the last month or two, they've come back and, you know, there's some teams that are playing some really good football that could threaten them for this premiership. The Panthers obviously had excuses. I mean, their form hasn't been great, but they have lost the likes of, you know, Nathan Cleary, their inspirational captain and halfback due to a suspension uh, for a spear tackle. They've also been without the likes of Jerome Luai, Filiame Kikiad, Dylan Edwards, and Jerome Luai for multiple weeks due to injury. But I'm sure come week one of the finals, they'll be freshened up and ready to go and you know, I'm really excited for it. I think there's so many potential premiers in 2022. and a lot of years, I haven't been able to say that. The likes of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Sydney Roosters, and the Cronulla Sharks, who find themselves in third position now, they're all hitting their straps at the right time of the season. The Storm are always a threat, and they get their players back and starting to assemble a team that's, you know, worthy of the Melbourne Storm name and starting to play a brand of football that Craig Bellamy would be pleased with. The shift of, you know, Munster back to fullback has been a masterstroke, and Bellamy said he would deploy that tactic depending on their opposition each and every week, whether he plays 5-8 or fullback. Nick Meany's a very capable player wherever you put him on the field. So Bellamy's got options there. Hughes is back from injury this week, so the Storm are in a good spot. The Cowboys, their success of this season depends on whether they can lock down that second position, if you ask me, and host a Week 1 final Um, Up there in Townsville, if they can win that game, they go to the preliminary final, hosting it in Townsville again, and they could potentially make a grand final, playing both their finals matches up there at their home at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, which would be huge. And then you've got the likes of the Parramatta Eels and other teams like, you know, Brisbane or the Raiders that could also, um, if the Raiders make the eight, that is, that could also do some damage in this finals competition. So I'm really excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. The matchups on paper that we could get week one of the finals, like, you know, the Panthers versus the Storm, the Cowboys versus the Sharks, the Rabbitohs versus the Roosters, and the Broncos versus the Eels. That's how the finals lines up right now if the positions stand at what they are now. But all those matches, you know, are mouth-watering affairs. So I'm looking forward to it, but we're not there yet. There's some blockbuster games to come this weekend, including the grand final rematch to kickstart the round tomorrow night from a core stadium, the Penrith Panthers go to Rabbitohs territory and try to get a win and get some confidence back in their team before their key man in Nathan Cleary comes back and his half-partner in Jerome Luai. But, you know, the former Latrell Mitchell and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, not to be underestimated, they are in position where they could do a similar, you know, form rise at the right time of season like they did last year and potentially make their second consecutive grand final. And who knows? The grand final rematch on Thursday night could be a preview of this year's grand final yet again. So um, that match is going to be a huge blockbuster. We've got the Broncos versus the Melbourne Storm on Friday night. That shapes up to be a confrontation of two teams that are still trying to determine where they're going to finish in the top eight. Melbourne fighting for a top four spot. The Broncos fighting to stay in the top eight. You've got games like, you know, the Parramatta Eels versus the Bulldogs. Very important game for Parramatta. Likewise, the Roosters versus the West Tigers and Newcastle versus Canberra. All those games will influence where these teams finish in the top eight. So I'm excited to get into the action this week. And 
Before I do, though, I was looking at the ladder, and I just want to make a very bold prediction, and I'll explain it throughout the show. But if you go to sports bet right now, and usually I don't, I, I don't put bets on during the show. Usually I um, save my best bets to the end of each podcast. But I think there's value in the Broncos to miss the top eight at $17. In fact, I think they're specials. And, you know, that, it, there's a huge chance that they play finals, hence why they're $17. But I think there's a very big possibility that they're going to be fighting for their season in round 25 against the St. George Illinois Dragons. And we all know in rugby league that pressure does funny things to teams. And you never know, the Dragons might be able to pull off an upsetting round 25 and potentially end the Broncos' season. But I'll explain that as I go through the show and as I get to the Broncos' preview. But I'm saying right now, the Broncos to miss the top eight at $17, good value. The Raiders at $5 to make the top eight, also good value. And you can get both of those bets on at Sportsbet or whatever, any other major betting you know, agency, gamble responsibly. Don't take my advice as gospel, but I think that there's a huge chance we could see the Raiders sneak into the top eight and out of the three teams, the Broncos, Eels, or Roosters to drop out of the top eight. Well, I actually think the Broncos may be the most likely team to miss out on a finals berth in 2022. So um, big call, I know, but I'll explain it throughout the show. Before we get to the tips this week, if you haven't, please like Steve's NRL Free Tips on Facebook. It is the best way to stay notified of all the latest updates around the show, please make sure you subscribe wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast each and every week, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. And let's get straight to it. My footy tips for round 23. I got six out of eight in round 22. Hopefully I can get a few more perfect rounds before the end of the season. The action kicks off tomorrow night with a massive grand final rematch. And the action of round 23 kicks off, as I just mentioned, an absolute blockbuster. The grand final rematch between the South City Rabbitohs and the Penrith Panthers, and this is shaping up to be an absolute blockbuster from a core stadium at 7.50pm tomorrow night. The Rabbitohs have looked like a completely different team since the return of Latrell Mitchell all the way back in round 16. Now, he has been in electric form. The run has been compared to Jared Hayner and the Parramatta Eels of 2009, and I think that last week was his best involvement since returning from the injury in a huge 26-0 victory over the Parramatta Eels that has the Rabbitohs now on the cusp of the top four. But for that to happen, they'd have to go three from three. They'd have to rely on a couple of other results as well. This game is shaping up to be such a big game to just see where the Rabbitohs are at in, compa- in comparison to the Premiers. I mean, of course, they've got a few injuries themselves to the Panthers, some key ones, the big ones being Jerome Law and Nathan Cleary. So Sean O'Sullivan and Jamin Salmon have done a decent job over the last few weeks, but... Just like that Parramatta game, the Panthers were also kept to nil, a 16-0 loss to the Melbourne Storm. And it's going to be important for Ivan Cleary over the next few weeks to get this team finals ready in terms of getting them back to playing some confident football, a confident brand of football. Dylan Edwards, he returns this week, so that will boost them. But, you know, their key men, why Cleary and Luai out, the likes of Isaiah Yo, Appy Corsia, and Dylan Edwards, who I just mentioned, they've all got to be... You know, leading this side, the likes of Kikia and Liam Martin, they've been in the system for a long time as well. It's important for those leaders to really lift the rest of this team because these few weeks for Penrith, they're dangerous because, let me tell you, if Cleary and Lua come back into this team, week one of the finals, they win, they get the week off and they get to the preliminary final, you're going to see those playmakers only have one game of football, one 80-minute game of football in the NRL, in their legs 
for about eight or nine weeks. And what that can do is that can really put the pressure on that prelim to be match fit, ready to go. And you can't emulate being on that field. So Kikia, Yo, Martin, Edwards, these guys have a responsibility to make sure this team is raring to go week one of the finals by the time Lua and Cleary get on the park, that the you know the difference will be minimal because Penrith are doing the little things right, completing their sets, putting pressure on opposition, and still scoring points. And we didn't see that last week against the Melbourne Storm. They were tackled 61 times in the Melbourne's 20 in that 20-meter attackive zone, and they couldn't get a point on the board. Now, Sean O'Sullivan controlled the game pretty well all around, but they just looked clunky in attack. They didn't look like their usual selves. And Melbourne, when they got down Penrith's end of the park, which, to be honest, the Storm didn't get down to attack Penrith's line too much in that game. But when they got down there, they made sure they scored points and they put constant pressure on the defensive structures of the Penrith Panthers. And if I'm Ivan Cleary, I'm a little bit concerned that, you know, we've heard all this talk about Cameron Serrato, who we'll get in later on the show, signing the Bulldogs for a five-year deal. We've got players injured. I think Cleary has to you know, really instill into his troops that the most important thing at the moment is football and getting ready to go for the finals. No matter what 17 he's going to put on the field, they have to be ready to put on that Panthers jersey, live up to their reputation, and get them in a good position to go back-to-back because this is a danger zone for the uh, danger game for the Penrith Panthers because the Rabbitohs are on fire at the moment. They're playing a really good brand of football. As I mentioned, Latrell Mitchell's got them fired up, but the likes of Cook, Murray, Jai Arrow... Keon Kalal Matangi, and even Cody Walker last week as well, who I've been critical of this year, are all starting to play some of their best brands of football. They get Lachlan Ilias back in this week, who sat out last week, but Dean Hawkins came in and did a good job for them. And Campbell Graham in the centres is back this week. The Rabbitohs' only player out, I believe, via injury this week is Tom Burgess via a groin injury, but he should be back on board next week. So they're raring to go. They're full strength. And as I mentioned, it's a real test for the Rabbitohs to see where they're at in relation to their season against these big heavyweights in this competition. Now, they proved it last week against Parramatta that they're the real deal, 26-0 victory over the Eels. But it's safe to say that the Eels weren't best best in that game. And I feel like in the second half, the Rabbitohs kind of rested on their laurels a little bit after an impressive, you know, first 20 to 30 minutes of the contest. They need to be competitive for 80 minutes. They need to be relentless, especially if they can get over the top of the PFS forward pack early in this game, which I don't know if they'll be able to do because I think Panthers will be ready to go come Thursday night. But it's important for the Rabbitohs to produce that 80-minute performance because despite the fact Latrell's come back in, he's really, you know, helped Cody Walker in his confidence. And Murray and Cook are really lifting that forward pack and making the likes of, you know, Keon Kalamatangi and Daniel Fafida more confident players and players that, you know, can break the game open because of that leadership around them. The Rabbitohs in this big run, and obviously they've only lost to the Sharks 21 to 20 in the last two months. They haven't had that 80 minute performance that's made me go, where this team can win the Premiership. And I feel like it's a really good, you know, opportunity to prove themselves and to, you know, kind of not a race because obviously this is not the same side the Panthers aren't at full strength tomorrow night, but it might help with that mental game after losing a grand final to beat the Premiers a couple of weeks away from the finals. I think you can do absolute wonders for the South Sydney confidence. And 
you know, as I said, the Panthers aren't going to go easy, but I think that this is a real way for the Rabbitohs this game tomorrow night to send, you know, a message to the rest of the competition, which they've already done in recent weeks, but one to say that we're going to be, you know, a huge threat in this competition and we're going to be capable of taking it all come September. So, you know, I'm excited. I think that the Rabbitohs can do it. I think they can get the job done tomorrow night. I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs by four points, but I feel like we're going to see a much improved Panthers side compared to what we saw last week. And I feel like Dylan Edwards from the back, I think he's going to make a massive difference to this team's you know, start the sets if he if he's coming back like he usually does. He's making 10 to 15 metres on a return, and he can a lot of the time start the Panthers on the 40, 50 metre line, start their set. So the Rabbitohs have to contain him. They have to have a great kicking game, and I think Ilias, before that injury two weeks ago, was improving week in and week out and has really matured into a first grader this season. It's been an initiation by fire. I've questioned whether he's been ready for first grade at various points of the season, but I think he has stepped up. I think the Rabbitohs are a more confident football team than Penrith at the moment. I think at the end of the day, see how Sydney can get the job done tomorrow night. I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs by four, but I'm expecting a huge battle, and I'm expecting a much improved Penrith side tomorrow night at a cool stadium. And Friday Night Football starts this week at 6 p.m. from Queensland Country Bank Stadium up there in Townsville when the North Queensland Cowboys host the New Zealand Warriors, and it's safe to say that the Cowboys haven't been at their best since State of Origin ended, and... The likes of Cotter, Nanai, and you know uh, Tom Dearden as well. They're all lining up for the Cowboys this week. But all three of the not-experienced first graders and that post-Origin fatigue can come in and have an impact on some of these teams. And, you know, the Cowboys made a huge statement in the first half of the season. And, you know, I think that other teams are, are more aware of their structures now. They have to find a way to get more hardened and, you know... Do those extra 1% things that make you a finals team and, and get in the grind and not be afraid to win the hard way. And last week, they came up against a Roosters team that was just simply better than them. The Roosters looked like they're ready for finals football. The Cowboys looked like a team that you know have dominated the regular season fixtures this season, but they seem like a team that's almost out of gas. So it's important this week against the New Zealand Warriors team that you know they're trying to get something out of this last month of the competition. They had a pretty good win last week. That I predicted against um, the Canterbury Bulldogs, but really, their you know one third to almost a half of their whole squad is going to be different next year. So they're a team that's just kind of coasting through to the end of the season, trying to take what they can, and you know they could be competitive. The Warriors, no doubt about it. The likes of you know Reese Walsh and um, you know his last stint at the Warriors, but you know Tohu Harris and. And Josh Curran, they've been workhorses for the Warriors all year, but, you know, they're not really playing for anything, and the Cowboys are playing for everything. They're playing to secure that top eight spot, that top, uh, sorry, that top four spot, secure second spot, because as I mentioned at the start of this show, wrapping up that second spot is such an important thing for the Cowboys. If they do not play in the first week of the finals in Townsville, I will probably go out and say I don't think they can win the game of football, and if that's the case then they can find themselves on the brink of elimination in finals week two. And we all know that the Cowboys are a much better team at home than they are away. Um, even though they've got a decent away record this year, they are much more comfortable up with the you know the hotter climate up there in Townsville. And, you know, it can be a little bit of an ambush when other teams go up there. The Cowboys can, you know, mentally prepare better. They are, they're used to conditions more and opposition a lot of times struggle up there in, in Townsville. So that 
top four bonus and that top two bonus in particular so important for the North Queensland Cowboys in this in relation to this game. I just want to see the Cowboys get to, you know, where they were a month or two ago, slow step, start playing their best football before finals. They should easily dispose of the New Zealand Warriors, who I actually think might have beat them early in the year, but I feel like the Cowboys will, you know, not be resting on their laurels. I think that Todd Payton's going to light a fire under them this week, and I expect the Cowboys to respond and get back to the Cowboys' side that we saw a month or two ago. I think the Cowboys... And the Warriors can score a lot of points in this game. I think the Warriors got a few tries in them, but I expect the Cowboys to be ultimately too good. And I've got the Cowboys by 20 points on Friday night. Friday night football continues at Suncorp Stadium when the Brisbane Broncos host the Melbourne Storm at 7.55. On Friday night, the Broncos obviously were a team that desperately needed the last a win last week against the Newcastle Knights, and they got it. They didn't do it the easy way. However, they really struggled in the first quarter of that game before they... You know, got their act together, and on the back of some great game management by the likes of Adam Reynolds and their forward pack started to get over the top of the Newcastle Knights. They started to grow with confidence, and overall, it was probably a um, a performance the Brisbane Broncos really needed because I mentioned at the start of the show, I feel like they're a team that out of any of the teams that are currently in the eight might be under the most pressure to stay in the eight because they've got a huge game this weekend against Melbourne, and let's be honest, Melbourne this week, they've got some stars back, Jerome Hughes, Back in the side, young Tom Mapia comes in the wing uh, in the centres for his second game of the year, and I think he's been prefer- preferred, to be honest, over Marion Seve. Um, Munster's been phenomenal all year, but the shift to him at fullback in recent weeks has been a masterstroke, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bellamy changes him and Nick Meany around on game day yet again. So I think the Storm are a team that, you know, they were really struggling a few weeks ago, but Bellamy's really got them back to basics. They're completing a lot better. Their defense is a lot tighter and, you know, much more Melbourne Storm-like to their history and what we've seen them be able to produce with their defensive efforts over the years. And they're a team that I think are starting to play some good football and starting to peak at the right end of the season. I feel like a lot of, you know, experts and, and pundits and fans are all sleeping on the Melbourne Storm. But I think that they they make the top four, which they currently find themselves at fourth. They can win this premiership. They can be a... A massive threat, and you know, a lot of these players, this is their last hurrah together. Their last, you know, especially in the forward pack, the likes of, um, you know, the Bromwich brothers and Felice Cafusi. This is their last stint at the Melbourne Storm before they go to the Dolphins. Brennan Smith's going to the Roosters as well, so this might be their last chance with this current squad to win this premiership. And I think that Bellamy and his players know the importance of that, and I feel like. They're coming in and, and playing some really good football. And I'm excited for you to get back in there. Um, whether he's partnering with Meany or Munster, I feel like all three of them will, you know, all play playmaking roles. And that composure and, um, you know, that game management that Jerome Hughes adds to this Melbourne Storm team will just make them even more of a complete package. And I feel like the Broncos could really struggle this week because I feel like they're getting beaten a lot in the forward battle to the point where... The Knights got over the top of them early last week, but before, you know, the likes of Huss and, and Capewell and Flegger worked hard and got him out of that hole, um, I feel like they're not um, completing well enough, some basic errors, some poor defensive reads, and I feel like the Broncos just overall have to be better because while 2021, um, obviously they didn't have a great season, I think that at the start of the year, everybody would be happy when you're just saying, well, the Broncos, if they make the top eight, it'll be a successful season, and yeah, probably still rightfully so, but at this point in the season, their fans have expectations. I think their coach, uh, Kevin Walters, would have expectations, and they 
their destinies in their own hands at this point in time because they can wrap up their finals hopes this week and they won't have to worry about the next two weeks. But to go back to my, you know, smoky $17 bet of them missing the top eight, if they lose this week and assuming the Roosters beat the Tigers, the Roosters go to seventh spot, the Broncos drop down to eighth, and next week they've got the Parramatta Eels, um, who, you know, a big possibility they can lose that game as well, especially considering Parramatta have a really good record against the Broncos. I think the Broncos beat them recently, but overall, the Eels have a good record against them. The Raiders, on the other side of the coin, they've got the Knights and Manly in the next two weeks, and Newcastle got a lot out this week. Manly a self-imploding seemingly by, seamlessly by the moment, um, at the moment, the rest of their season, who knows what they're going to produce. So the Raiders could find themselves on the same points as the Broncos when they win these two games, and if the Broncos lose to the Storm, the Eels, heading into that final round, if that happens... Then the Broncos, because the Raiders have the Tigers, and I'm assuming the Raiders can win that game as well, especially for finals, um, you know, spot is on the line because they'll know whether the Broncos win by that point. But the Broncos have the Dragons in the final round at the Australia Jubilee, and we know what pressure can do to the teams. We know, um, we've seen it many times before in rugby league that you just have to win this game and in the finals and teams can't produce it. And I feel like if the Broncos you know, don't play a good brand of footy the next two weeks, even if they don't win the games, if they don't get close to the Storm or the Eels, it could be disastrous for their confidence. And who knows, the Dragons could beat them in the last round and the Raiders find themselves taking the Broncos' spot in the top eight. So it's really important the Broncos have a good performance this week against the Melbourne Storm, even if they were to lose the game. They just need to complete well. Their forwards really have to step up and not be bullied by the Melbourne opposition. And, you know... If you're Kevin Walters, you're doing all your homework in the world that you can on Hughes and Munster, but and especially Munster, but and even the likes of Harry Grant as well, who's not to be forgotten. But when you got this many superstars um, at Craig Bellamy's disposal and the Melbourne Storm disposal, you can't do your homework completely uh, on those oppositions. So it's all about the players, um, you know, that run on the field. And at the moment, I'm not seeing those efforts from the Broncos in recent weeks to suggest they can shut down some of the superstars of the game. So that's why I've got the Melbourne Storm this week. By 16 points, but as I mentioned, even if they lose this game, hugely important for the Broncos to, um, you know, be very competitive and, and make a statement that they're not just going to fade away in the back end of this season. So, huge game for the Broncos up at Suncourt in front of their home career, but I've got Melbourne too strong. Melbourne by 16 for me on Friday night. Super Saturday kickstarts at 3 p.m., my favorite time of the week. The Parramatta Eels hosting the Canterbury Bulldogs from Combank Stadium. And man, the Eels need a response after a 26-0 defeat to the hands of South Sydney last Friday night. They weren't at their best of that game. You could just tell in the opening minutes that the Rabbitohs probably run away with it, and they did that. And the Eels couldn't, you know, strike a, a blow at all to the South Sydney's defense. They um, were clunky in attack. Their halves didn't, you know, control the game well. And the two of the key components to this Parramatta's Eels' success over the last few years have been Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo. That one-two punch to help your outside backs in early in tackle counts and get your team out of you know trouble on your own line. They both really went missing last week for me. They did not have an impact. They couldn't fire in a shot. And the Rabbitohs, to be honest, didn't let them fire a shot. They shut down those two. They didn't let Sean Lane and you know the likes of Papa Leahy and Ryan Madison have their usual impact on the game. And I think the Rabbitohs just really controlled their game of football well um, to the point where the Eels, you know, just couldn't fire a shot and then they Probably could be accused of trying too hard at the back end of the game as well, but they need a response this week, no doubt about it. And, you know, the huge boost, Mitchell Moses back from injury, their inspirational halfback, and 
you know, he controls the game really well and he's really improved as a playmaker over the last few years. And I feel like he's going to add a lot to this team. They're going to be a confident team heading into, you know, Saturday afternoon. But Brad Arthur, obviously, he's going to, you know, want to really avoid what happened the last time the Eels played the Bulldogs. And that's not making them or letting them underestimate their opposition. We've seen the Bulldogs get a few ski ups this year already. And, you know, they lost to the Warriors last week, but we all know the danger of the likes of. Matt Bird and his combination with the Fox, Josh Addo Carr, and their forward pack has been really competing well. Guys like, you know, Max King and, and Paul Vaughan have been impressive, and Jeremy Marshall King, um, you know, has really evolved as a first-grade hooker, and his defensive work, I think, goes a little bit understated. They also, the Bulldogs, might be boosted this week by the return of two of their forward leaders in Tavita Pengai Jr. and Luke Thompson, who have both been named in the extended squad, so... Um, you know, I feel like the Bulldogs will be ready to go. It's always a rivalry when these two teams face, regardless of where they are on the competition ladder. And obviously the Bulldogs can't make the finals this year, but they are, you know, boosted by the return of some of these players. And there's been massive news this week that, you know, Cameron Serrata has signed that five-year deal to coach the Bulldogs. Now I'm a little bit, I guess, uh, reluctant to say how that will work, considering if you look at how many coaches keep a job for five years in one um, club as the head coach, it's probably very minimal over the years. But um, Serato's got a lot of wraps on him, and you know he's going to get his imprint on this club after the season ends, obviously. But there's going to be some of these players that are off contract, and some of these players that you know are young and have a good future in the game ahead of them. Guys like Aaron Shoup and Karaz that will make a, you know, want to make a first um, good impression knowing that the coach will be, you know, watching. They've got Harrison Edwards, who's a rookie in the second row as well. And I feel like the Bulldogs will probably come out to make a statement against the Eels on Saturday. But this time the Eels, if they underestimate them and don't respect their opposition, they'll lose just like they did last time. They'll get flogged by the Canterbury Bulldogs. But I feel like the Eels... They know that this is probably their last tilt with this current squad to win a premiership, and they find themselves now out of side the top four and, you know, seventh spot in the ladder. It's important for them to hit their straps at the right time of the season. They're basically full strength with Mitchell Moses back on board. So I expect a, a big response from Parramatta. I feel like we might see their best performance of the season on Saturday afternoon, and I've got Parramatta being too strong. I've got Parramatta by 18 points against the defiant Bulldogs team, who will be competitive for about 60, 65 minutes. But I think the Eels stars step up and lead the Eels to a much-needed win um, to kickstart Super Saturday. Super Saturday continues at 5.30 when the Manly Seagulls host the Cronulla Sharks from Four Pines Park up there in Brookvale, and... The Sharks, they're on the brink of securing a top-four spot. They've played some really good football over the last few months. Craig Fitzgibbon looked like they've got them primed and ready to go. And, you know, the return of Dale Finucan in recent weeks has even bolstered this club further. And they're a team that's confident at the moment. Um, they're getting the best out of some young players like Blake Braley and Royce Hunt have really had, you know, seasons to remember so far. And the outside backs are playing some good footy. The likes of uh, Dykes, Miller, and Connor Tracy have all emerged. And the Sharks... Um, with the return of Matt Moylan in the five-eight position, this jersey looked like they uh, this week could be look like they could be a threat uh, for this competition come September if they're going to secure one of these top four spots. And you know, at the moment with the Cowboys' tough run in the last two rounds after this week, the Sharks have a you know relatively easy win, uh, easy draw left. They don't play any of the teams still in the top eight or even in the top eight contention. And um, you know, if they can secure and still second position 
on this ladder um, off the North Queensland Cowboys, then they could find themselves for the home final at Cronulla, which is almost as massive as the Cowboys playing in Townsville. So um, a lot to play for for Cronulla fans. They've earthly a Manly Seagull side that's at home this week. Obviously, last week was a disaster. They lost to the Gold Coast Titans and ended the Titans' huge losing streak. And it's safe to say that since the Pride jersey scandal from three weeks ago that they have uh, self-destructed. They haven't won a game since. They look like a club divided. Jake Sarovich this week has been ruled out with a broken hand for the rest of the season. Jason Sarves suffered a major uh, leg injury, could be an ACL. So, man, this is a club that is on its last legs for 2022, and they're a club that probably could have done a lot more. They could have played finals football, and they could have been a threat, but... Yeah, the last month is uh, a month to forget for the Manly Seagulls, and they just seem to be self-imploding more and more every week. There's gang signs to, um, you know, Manise Farnu, who's the former hooker um, at the Manly Seagulls that got convicted this uh, last week for stabbing, um, allegedly, um, an individual um, in the night time out there, and he faces significant jail time. So, I mean, at the moment, the club... And there's even unrest apparently internally in the club where there's a new CEO who doesn't uh, necessarily get along with Des Haslam and the rest of the board there at the club. So it's just a disaster at Manly at the moment. And, you know, we'll see how much it impacts their on-field performances for the rest of the year, but it's already done the damage. And I feel like you're going to have some leaders in this club, guys like Foran and Sherry Evans that will, you know, and Ruben Garrick as well that are going to compete each and every week. But there's... At the moment, there's just there's not enough uh, cohesion at the club to suggest to me that they're going to win any games for the rest of the year. And I think that the Sharks, knowing how confident they're playing their football at the moment, they're a young team that's got a bit of grit about them as well and can do the hard work. I feel Cronulla are going to be way too good for Manly Seagulls on Saturday afternoon. And I've got Cronulla winning this game by 30 points. I think that Manly, uh, we haven't even seen the worst of their on-field performances yet. I feel like... They're a team that's self-destructing at the moment. Super Saturday continues at 7.35pm from the Sydney Cougar Ground up there at Moor Park when the Sydney Roosters versus the West Tigers. And um, by my count, unless they're playing there next week, which I don't think they are, this is the Sydney Roosters' last home game um, for a significant amount of time at the Sydney Cougar Ground, apart from maybe, you know, Anzac Day games um, in the future against the Dragons, which is the traditional matchup. But... They say goodbye to the Sydney Cricket Round because Allianz will be completed for that blockbuster game against the Rabbitohs in two weeks to end the regular season. But, man, we talk about the Roosters, and over the last month or two, they've really, you know, primed themselves for a finals uh, a finals run, and they're playing a really good brand of football at the moment. Tedesco leading um, inspirationally with Joey Manu like they always do together. The halves have found form, and I feel like um, the combination of Jared Rahira Hargraves and Matt Lodge, obviously two of the probably most despised players in the NRL, have really lifted um, the Sydney Roosters' side because they play with such aggression, um, controlled aggression. They make a lot of metres through the middle of the field, and the likes of Sam Verrills and, and Victor Radley seem to be benefiting from those big forwards and their effort in the first 20 to 30 minutes of the match. And um, Angus Crichton starting to play some good football all around. The Roosters are looking like a team that can do some significant um, you know, damage in the finals if they are going to make it. And, you know, obviously their destinies are in their own hand. They just have to keep winning, you know, more games of football after this week 
Um, it gets significantly tougher because they've got the Storm and then the Rabbitohs to end their season. But they're a team that could be considered the dark horse in this competition. They were my preseason pick at the start of the year, and obviously it's been a season a lot of people didn't expect. They've struggled at significant portions of it. But Trent Robertson knows how to get these guys primed and ready, and I feel like they're a team that you know is not to be underestimated as we head into the finals for 2022. So. Um, Massive raps from the Roosters. I know they're getting plenty of raps uh, from the media and by fans as well, but rest assured, I don't, I don't know if the hype is real in terms of you know them competing with some of the real blockbusters of this competition, but on their, at their best, they can definitely beat anyone in this comp. So um, they're versing a West Tigers team that, you know, what is there to say about the Tigers? They um, Two weeks ago, they beat the Broncos, and then, um, you know, it, they... Responded or three weeks ago, they hit the Broncos. They responded to that against uh, the Knights two weeks ago, where they uh, looked awful. And then last week was uh, was kind of more of the same in that game against Cronulla. They were pretty much blown off the park early, and you know it's just a disappointment how little they offer their fans, their diehard fans that show up week in week out to support this club. And obviously, um, you know last week was a rural game out in Dubbo, but you just expect more um, from the Tigers, and you know. Year on year, same thing, same disappointment. What do you expect from for the last three weeks of this competition? Who knows? Um, but you just hope that Dewey and Madden, probably been their bright spark of the last month of football, um, can keep playing some good football. They're young players like Brown and um, the likes of uh, Pole and Austin Diaz. They're getting some, and Freebird as well, a Freeburn as well. They're getting some. Uh, much need a first grade experience, but obviously it's going to be reset next year when Sheen and Benji Marshall come in and officially take over at the club. And you know, I think that's just where the Tigers are at. They're just waiting for that point in the off season where um, they focus on twenty twenty three. And obviously, the Roosters got so much more to play for at the moment. And I feel like you know this is uh, a chance for the Roosters to you know refocus and get set on the next two games against the Storm and the Rabbitohs. They can't disrespect the the Tigers, but I feel like this is a game they should be winning pretty handily. I've got the Roosters by 40 points on Saturday night. I think it'll be a uh, a dominant victory by the Sydney Roosters. Wynn Stadium in Wollongong is the venue for the first of the two games on Sunday afternoon this week. The St. George Illawarra Dragons hosting the Gold Coast Titans, and the Titans managed to get a big win. Last week against the Manly Seagulls, it was a relief for the whole squad, and it was good to see Holbrook crack a smile, but obviously the pressure remains on the club, and it was impressive that they could score so many points, but it's safe to say that Manly probably weren't at their best, and, um, you know, 44-24 to 24 is impressive, and the, the fact that the Titans scored 44 points is impressive, but, um, yeah, let's just say I don't know how much long-term effect that's going to have on the club and they're versing a dragon side that were competitive last week against the Raiders they narrowly went down defeat but they're also a club that you know while they can score some points and they proved that last week they're a club that probably has given up um at this point in the season rightfully so probably because they can't make the finals but um you know when things go against the dragon to feel like they can pound really quickly and you know you blink and you can miss two to three opposition tries when things start to go wrong so i don't really know what to expect from this game on sunday afternoon the dragons um you know in front of their home crowd you'd hope they can you know end their season on a high note in their last game at wollongong but um and obviously ben hunt wants to keep playing good football because he's in dalliam consideration but um i mean they're a team that 
on paper, when you look at the two squads, they should probably be beating the Titans, but you just never know what you're going to get from St. George. You never know what mindset they're going to head into games and whether they're going to be you know, ready to do the hard work when they need to. And the Titans on the opposite hands, they, um, they'll they compete. And, um, you know, but really completion's been a major issue for the Titans this year. Defensively, they have as, a lot of issues as well. And especially out there on the edges. And they got some exciting players, no doubt. The likes of Campbell, Fafita, um, Jojo Fafita, that is. AJ Brimson's playing some really good football. And, you know, they get their big captain in Big Tino back this week. But, um Really, it's a toss of the coin on Sunday afternoon. I'm going to lean the way of the Dragons, but not with really any confidence. Um, you know, actually, I'm going to go to the Titans. I think the Titans might be able to actually get the job done. Um, I'm going to go to the Titans by six in a bit of an upset. I've changed my mind. And the final game of the round takes place at McDonald, McDonald Jones Stadium up there in Newcastle. The Newcastle Knights host the Canberra Raiders and... Obviously, the Knights, um, this is at 4.05, this match, by the way, to end the rounds, but obviously the Knights have had a week to, another week of off-field, you know, controversy to forget. They've, uh, firstly, they've dropped a couple of players, including Bradman Best for, un, I guess, professional behavior, which is at training, which is, I think they turned up late, and, you know, obviously we've had the David Clemmer drama recently as well, but Clemmer and Kurt Manning have toilet cubicle together probably doing drugs not a great look for the club and it's a club that's been struggling and that happened while the club was playing last week by the way so really this Newcastle club is almost as in much trouble as you know the inner workings of the Titans and the Tigers and mainly at the moment they're just self-imploding more and more each and every week and I don't think Adam O'Brien's going to be there around one next week to be honest they are just a club that's really um, not in a good place at the moment. They're not playing good football on the field. Their inspirational, supposedly inspirational captain uh, is doing stupid stuff off the field and pretty much hasn't delivered this season. Milford's about to go and Clue and Clifford seem like halves that couldn't be less confident in comparison to what we saw in the first few rounds this season. So they're club that's in dire straits, but this game is shaping up to be important because the Raiders um, managed to get the two points without... Coach Ricky Stewart last week. It wasn't a great performance by any means, but they got the job done 24-22 against the St. George or Dragons. And, you know, they're playing for their season each and every week now. They know that. Um, Wide and Fogarty have been impressive and really good in the half there for the Raiders this year. But Tarpany, their big forward leader, he's back this week earlier than expected. A massive boost for the club. And I feel like... Um, they're a team that, you know, we all know what they can do on their best day. They're just very inconsistent. They let teams get back into the games too often, just like they did with the Dragons last week, just like they've done a bunch of times this year. But really, look at all the self-implosion that's going on at Newcastle at the moment. How can you tip against the Raiders? I think the Raiders keep their season alive for another week and, you know, take the pressure to the likes of the Broncos and Eels in the coming weeks. I've got the Raiders winning this game handily. I've got the Raiders by 30 points on Sunday, Arvo. All right, so those are my tips for round 23 of the NRL 12 Supremacy. We are only three weeks away from the finals. I'm excited. Stay tuned to Steve's NRL Footy Tips and like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook to stay notified for the latest updates. But just to recap my tips for the round, I've got the Rabbitohs. Getting a little bit of revenge over their grand final rivals, the Panthers on Thursday night. We've got the Cowboys being too strong for the Warriors and the Storm being too strong for the Broncos on Friday's games. Super Saturday, I've got the Eels mounting back against the defiant Bulldogs team. Cronulla being way too strong for a manly team that's, um, you know, 
just got inner crises everywhere, and the Roosters being too strong for a West Tigers outfit that's just waiting for the season to end. The Sunday games, we've got the Titans upsetting the Dragons in a game that, you know, you've probably skipped. And the Raiders are continuing extending their season at least by another week with a dominant victory over the Newcastle Knights. Those are my tips for round 23. My bets of the week, I think um, you can definitely count on, um, I guess, there being a lot of points um, this weekend by a lot of the games, especially as the season gets near an end. There's teams that are probably their defensive efforts you know, won't be there. And I feel like, for example, in something like the Knights and the Raiders game, you can count on there being um, a lot of points scored. Total match points are 44.5. I think we can see more than that in that game. I also think you can go the overs and the match points in the Dragons-Titans game, which is 49.5. But I feel like there could be a lot of points there in Wollongong on Sunday afternoon. Gamble responsibly and uh, enjoy your football this weekend, guys. The finals race is heating up. I'm excited to see how it goes. Catch me next week on another edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips and enjoy your football this weekend.